Section 8 of The Pink Fairy Book. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Elliot Miller. The Pink Fairy Book by Andrew Lang. The Snowman. Translated from the German of Hans Andersen. How astonishingly cold it is! My body is crackling all over, said the snowman. The wind is really cutting one's very life out. And how that fiery thing up there glares! He meant the sun, which was just setting. It shan't make me blink, though, and I shall keep quite cool and collected. Instead of eyes, he had two large three-cornered pieces of slate in his head. His mouth consisted of an old rake, so that he had teeth as well. He was born amidst the shouts and laughter of the boys, and greeted by the jingling bells and crackling whips of the sledges. The sun went down, the full moon rose, large, round, clear, and beautiful, in the dark blue sky. "'There it is again on the other side,' said the snowman, by which he meant the sun was appearing again. "'I have become quite accustomed to its glaring. I hope it will hang there and shine, so that I may be able to see myself. I wish I knew, though, how one ought to see about changing one's position. I should very much like to move about. If I only could, I would glide up and down the ice there, as I saw the boys doing.' But somehow or other I don't know how to run. Rawr, barked the old yard dog. He was rather hoarse and couldn't bark very well. His hoarseness came on when he was a house dog and used to lie in front of the stove. The sun will soon teach you to run. I saw that last winter with your predecessor, and farther back still with his predecessors. They have all run away. I don't understand you, my friend, said the snowman. That thing up there is to teach me to run? He meant the moon. Well, it certainly did run just now, for I saw it quite plainly over there. And now, here it is on this side. You know nothing at all about it, said the yard dog. Why, you have only just been made. The thing you see there is the moon. The other thing you saw going down the other side was the sun. He will come up again tomorrow morning, and will soon teach you how to run away down the gutter. The weather is going to change. I feel it already by the pain in my left hind leg. The weather is certainly going to change. I can't understand him, said the snowman, but I have an idea that he is speaking of something unpleasant. That thing that glares so and then disappears, the sun, as he calls it, is not my friend. I know that by instinct. Bow wow, barked the yard dog, and walked three times round himself, and then crept into his kennel to sleep. The weather really did change. Towards morning a dense, damp fog lay over the whole neighborhood. Later on came an icy wind, which sent the frost packing. But when the sun rose it was a glorious sight. The trees and shrubs were covered with rime, and looked like a wood of coral, and every branch was thick with long white blossoms. The most delicate twigs, which are lost among the foliage in summertime, came now into prominence and it was like a spider's web of glistening white. The lady birches waved in the wind, and when the sun shone, everything glittered and sparkled as if it were sprinkled with diamond dust, and great diamonds were laying on the snowy carpet. "'Isn't it wonderful?' exclaimed a girl who was walking with a young man in the garden. They stopped near the snowman, and looked at the glistening trees. "'Summer cannot show a more beautiful sight,' she said with her eyes shining. 
"'And one can't get a fellow like this in summer, either,' said the young man, pointing to the snowman. "'He's a beauty!' The girl laughed and nodded to the snowman, and then they both danced away over the snow. "'Who were those two? asked the snowman of the yard-dog. "'You have been in this yard longer than I have. Do you know who they are?' "'Do I know them indeed?' answered the yard-dog. "'She has often stroked me and has given me bones. I don't bite either of them.' "'But what are they?' asked the snowman. "'Lovers,' replied the yard-dog. "'They will go into one kennel and gnaw the same bone.' "'Are they the same kind of beings that we are?' asked the snowman. "'They are our masters,' answered the yard-dog. "'Really, people who have only been in the world one day know very little.' That's the conclusion I have come to. Now I have age and wisdom. I know everyone in the house, and I can remember a time when I was not lying here in a cold kennel. Bow-wow! The cold is splendid, said the snowman. Tell me some more, but don't rattle your chain so. It makes me crack. Bow-wow! barked the yard-dog. They used to say I was a pretty little fellow. Then I lay in a velvet-covered chair in my master's house. My mistress used to nurse me and kiss and fondle me, and call me her dear, sweet little Alice. But by and by I grew too big, and was given to the housekeeper, and I went into the kitchen. You can see into it from where you are standing. You can look at the room in which I was master. For so I was when I was with the housekeeper. Of course it was a smaller place than upstairs, but it was more comfortable. For I wasn't chased about and teased by the children as I had been before. My food was just as good or even better. I had my own pillow, and there was a stove there, which at this time of year is the most beautiful thing in the world. I used to creep right under that stove. Ah, me! I often dream of that stove still. Bow-wow! Is a stove so beautiful? asked the snowman. Is it anything like me? It is just the opposite of you. It is coal-black and has a long neck with a brass pipe. It eats firewood, so that fire spouts out of its mouth. One has to keep close beside it, quite underneath it is the nicest of all. You can see it through the window from where you are standing. And the snowman looked in that direction, and saw a smooth, polished object with a brass pipe. The flicker from the fire reached him across the snow. The snowman felt wonderfully happy, and a feeling came over him which he could not express. But all those who are not snowmen know about it. "'Why did you leave her?' asked the snowman. He had a feeling that such a being must be a lady. "'How could you leave such a place?' "'I had to,' said the yard-dog. "'They turned me out of doors and chained me up here. I had bitten the youngest boy in the leg because he took away the bone I was gnawing. A bone for a bone, I thought. But they were very angry, and from that time I have been chained here. But I have lost my voice. Don't you hear how hoarse I am? Bow-wow! I can't speak like other dogs. Bow-wow! That was the end of happiness.' The snowman, however, was not listening to him any more. He was looking into the room where the housekeeper lived, where the stove stood on its four iron legs, and seemed to be just the same size as the snowman. "'How something is crackling inside me,' he said. "'Shall I never be able to get in there? It is certainly a very innocent wish, and our innocent wishes ought to be fulfilled. I must get there and lean against the stove, if I have to break the window first. "'You will never get inside there,' said the yard-dog. "'And if you were to reach the stove, you would disappear, Bow-Wow.' "'I'm as good as gone already,' answered the snowman. "'I believe I'm breaking up.' 
The whole day the snowman looked through the window. Towards dusk the room grew still more inviting. The stove gave out a mild light, not at all like the moon or even the sun, no, as only a stove can shine when it has something to feed upon. When the door of the room was open, it flared up. This was one of its peculiarities. It flickered quite red upon the snowman's white face. "'I can't stand it any longer,' he said. "'How beautiful it looks with its tongue stretched out like that!' It was a long night, but the snowman did not find it so. There he stood, wrapped in his pleasant thoughts, and they froze, so that he cracked. The next morning the panes of the kitchen window were covered with ice, and the most beautiful ice-flowers that even a snowman could desire. Only they blotted out the stove. The window would not open. He couldn't see the stove, which he thought was such a lovely lady. There was a crackling, a crackling inside him, and all around. There was just such a frost as a snowman would delight in. But this snowman was different. How could he feel happy? "'Yours is a bad illness for a snowman,' said the yard-dog. "'I also suffered from it. But I have got over it. Bow-wow!' he barked. "'The weather is going to change,' he added. The weather did change. There came a thaw. When this set in, the snowman set off. He did not say anything, and he did not complain. And those are bad signs. One morning he broke up altogether, and, lo, where he had stood there remained a broomstick standing upright, round which the boys had built him. "'Ah, now I understand why he loved the stove,' said the yard-dog. "'That is the raker they used to clean out the stove.' The snowman had a stove-raker in his body. That's what was the matter with him, and now it's all over with him, bow-wow. And before long it was all over with the winter, too. Bow-wow, barked the horse-yard dog. But the young girl sang, Woods, your bright green garments done, Willows, your woolly gloves put on, Lark and cuckoo daily sing, February has brought the spring. My heart joins in your song so sweet. Come out, dear son, the world to greet. And no one thought of the snowman. End of The Snowman Recording by Elliot Miller www.voiceofe.com